This is Rashawn Slater, first-round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Shall we just not support the Chargers? Well, no one expected the Spanish Inquisition. He's too busy trying to court with some hot takes. He's going to eat another hat. You know this. I don't know. I'll see it when I believe it. The Chargers are alive! Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and on this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game, and we bring you the hottest off-season content around. And that's exactly what we're doing on this podcast. It's an exciting one. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about areas to strengthen for the Chargers. We're going to be talking about the best and worst games we've ever seen for the Chargers. What are yours? Send them in. Uh, on Twitter as well, but uh, we're going to be reminiscing and taking a little trip down memory lane with some really different ideas. Um, I suppose it's probably a good time to start off lamenting the last week of disaster. You know, Spain, I went to Wembley, the Euros, lost to Italy on penalties. My other team, England, got to the final, lost to Italy on penalties. Was uh, and me a miserable um, you know, what are you thinking? Was are you crying in your in your cup of tea? Not really, because every team that you and I support goes to dust. You know, so we, we sh- I don't know. I was even thinking, shall we, shall we just not support the Chargers this season? <laughs> we're just we just curse. Clippers bailed, Italy, uh, Spain bailed, England bailed. You know, our our own soccer teams in now the third third tier of, of English professional. Game, yes, yeah, we're a curse, Bez. We're an absolute curse. <laughs> John Moore's Jr. and Elliot Bermudez Golton, the curses of sport. Um, over in Costa Rica, I mean, did you watch the final? Were you supporting Italy or, or, or England, John? I'll be honest, uh, probably supporting Italy. Um, it is the place in Europe I've been the most, and I love it. Uh, however, I wasn't even watching the game. I was, I was out on the golf course enjoying some beautiful weather here in California. So, um, but you know, it was it was a tough loss, I guess. How do we remove someone from this uh, from this recording? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, and, and lastly, Dan King. Good evening. Did you were you crying? Were you tears, or uh, were you quite happy given the uh, hooliganism that uh, England produced yet again? Yeah, I I can't say I was heartbroken or anything. Um, it's disappointing, but. It's the best England have ever done in my lifetime. So I was going into it kind of thinking, eh, whatever happens, happens. And then then racists. Yeah, that's not good. Not good. No, it's the be- wait, not it's good. the best you guys have done in a while. Like, didn't you guys invent this sport? We definitely invented hooliganism. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not being good. Uh, like I say, the, the, the national team, they, they did phenomenal to get to the final. Uh, it's just, just a shame that... Hundreds of people spoiled it, um, you know. But uh, listen, let's get back to the NFL. Yeah, mate, I I, I fully agree. And um, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about that this evening. We're going to be talking about, as I mentioned, our best and worst games. You know, we we, we I'm going to start it off because I'm going to ban for this segment, co-hosts. I'm going to ban using the Wembley Chargers game as your best because I'm pretty sure you know it was it it was just a truly incredible experience. Um, what to see that last minute victory with the I think it was you know Adrian Phillips tipping um the pass away from Mariota to win at Wembley. It was incredible drinking with the the international Chargers fans over at the Green Man pub and 
just seeing Ch- Wembley filled with Charger. It's too easy to choose. It was world class. So you're not you're banned from picking that one as your favourite. What we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about um, good and bad. Should we start with good? Should we start with bad? Good. Mm, yeah, let's go good. And I'm going to throw it out. You seem eager, was so. What is your favourite Chargers? You, you've just vetoed it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I, I want to do. I do want to talk about the the Titans game at Wembley. It was phenomenal. Um, I took a friend down who'd never been to the NFL. He expected three men and a dog turning up, and he was actually blown about, uh, blown away by it. We spoke to Nate Burleson, and I, asked, I actually asked him um, prior to the game, I said, look, do you think the Chargers have got a chance this year? He went, absolutely. He said that they're playing lights out. I think at that point, after the close win, and it, and it was a uh, literally a... a it was a nail biter, wasn't it? Mariota on the two yard line, and and, and obviously Phillips doing what he did. The, the D held out phenomenally, and we went on a great run. Um, at one point, we were seven and two after beating the Raiders, and that that's actually a segue to where I want to go. Um, and it's also a segue as, as to where my worst game is and, and where we are now. But I'll come on to that later. It was that it was the playoff game against the Ravens. No one, nobody on this planet apart from Chargers gave us. A hope in hell's chance of winning that game. We'd already lost to the uh, Ravens uh, twenty-two to ten um, in week sixteen, um, and listening to all the experts, the the ex head coaches on uh, on game day, oh yeah, the Chargers can't go to the East Coast and win in the cold. Absolute nonsense. As we've we've said before, none of our players are born in the sun. You know, <laughs> they're all they're all adaptable. They come from all over the states. But look, we absolutely destroyed the Ravens. Uh, seven DBs. Um, was, was that the game where the, Rivers just one of the few off. things that our head coach got right? Say again, Bez. Was that the game where Rivers just took off? Yeah, we we, we all we all took off, and we, we we you know at that point we're like, good lord, are we actually going to go on here and? Uh, you know, compete for the AFC and, and go to the Super Bowl. We, we were we were that good. Um, I think we finished the season twelve and four, didn't we? So through, throughout that year, we, we were we were pretty damn good uh, in all areas of the game. Um, and and I, I just I was very surprised by by how comfortable we we, we looked. I mean, it's twenty three seventeen the final, but. The, the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson with his with his quick feet and moving out of the pocket, moving the ball, um, we just contained him. They didn't have an answer for us, which I found really surprising, considering it was only uh, two, a couple of weeks after they, they beat us in the regular season. But that that really, um, there's, a, there's a reason why I chose this game. Um, and then I will come on to, obviously, my, my uh, bad game later on. And, and, and it's a sort of a segue to where we are right now in 2021 you know i think um i think that game in a sense from a bigger standpoint really exposed lamar jackson and the ravens offense because they were in a sense a bit of a one-trick pony um and they've they've evolved a little bit from there but they're still not away from that which is what makes them a dangerous regular season team um, but not so much a dangerous playoff team because in the playoffs you can sell out, you can do things that maybe you wouldn't do because you've got a whole, you know who your opponent's going to be, you've got that week to throw out the kitchen sink, and you can do things like you know stack the box with like you know eight eight to ten DBs at a time, right? 
Like there are just things that you can do in playoffs because you can prepare for it and do that. Maybe you wouldn't do in, in the regular season, right? You don't want to break from your standard defenses. You don't want to change necessarily game to game too much, but all bets are off in the playoffs. So I think having a young, talented quarterback who can do more, much like Justin Herbert, who can do more than just throw, he can run, he can do it. I think those are the types of things that, you know, really help win playoff games. So I didn't personally, I remember that game. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily think that they were going to win, but I also thought they had a chance just because I thought. I, I th- yeah. And, and the, the, th- the other thing as well about that, John, is if, if that was arguably our Super Bowl. And the reason why I say that, we had so many close games that season. I mean, we, we just spoke about the Titans at Wembley. That went down to the wire. You know, we, we apart from blowing out the Cardinals 45-10, you know, we had, we had a 29-28 victory over the Chiefs. We, we, we beat the uh, Steelers 33-30. We, we, you know, we lost narrowly to the Broncos 23-22. Um, we, we beat the Seahawks um, 25-17. You know, they're all very, very close games. Um, and I, I just think that that entire season took its toll on us. And then when we when we eventually got, you know, to, to, the, to the divisional game, um, sorry, the, the um, wildcard game, I, I just think that the team w- were mentally exhausted. Um, coming off that win and then going to New England, that was it. That was a spent. But look, we did a, we did a phenomenal job and... and We'll talk a little bit more about that season uh, um, later on. Well, you know, that that will always be remembered for me, for the scramble from Rivers to, to get the third down. And then he, oh, did, yes. did he not do the Keenan Allen sort of first down sim? I, I loved yeah, it. I loved oh, yeah, that was great. Um, I mean, come on. I want to see what Dan's got up his sleeve to try and better, because that is a pretty good start. Dan, what's your top game in memory for the Jets? Um Well, I don't know that it's going to better. Um, but it's it's my favourite game for personal reasons as much as anything. Um, my best friend is a Falcons fan, um, a long-suffering Falcons fan, um, and my top game was the 2016 season. We travelled to Atlanta and we beat them 33-3, uh, 33-30 um, with field goal to win it in overtime. Um, and... We were that wasn't our best season. Let's put it that way. We we ended the season five and eleven, and it was all coached by Mike McCoy. So it was it was questionable at best. But going into that game, I was feeling fairly confident. We'd we'd just come off um, a win um, at home against Denver. Um, Travelled east to the Georgia Dome, and in the first half got absolutely destroyed. Um, but it's the Falcons. So we came back. Uh, we were we were down twenty seven ten. So it's not quite Super Bowl level of failure by the Falcons, but it's it's another another game in that trend. Um, so we were down twenty seven ten. Pulled it back to thirty thirty with um, I think it was Josh Lambeau was the kicker at the time. Hit a few field goals to pull us back level. I think they then missed one as time was expiring before um, turning it over on downs in overtime and we got that win and it was it was like midnight i was in my best friend's house and he was a falcons fan and it was just he rubbed his nose that in. was it that was a good time that was a good time <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a cracking game because didn't lambo lose us a few games we had kicking issues that season and then we rocked up there was that was that the game where denzel perryman got an interception aimed at julio and 
you know, it was a good game. That's a good choice because it was bucking the trend of that entire season. It is a name for you. Kenneth Farrow for the Chargers. Remember him? Yep. Two yeah, attempts, 13 yards. The running back, we'll come on to not? Kenneth Farrow and Josh yes. Lambeau later when we talk about my least favourite game. Oh, God. Joey Bowes had two sacks in that game, didn't he? Or three? He was there. He was he was present. Uh, he had a couple a couple of sacks and a couple of tackle for loss. Uh, I've just got the stats just up now. And yeah, uh, Ingram had a sack, Bosa two. You know, just the classic pairing there. Lambo went four for four on field goals and three for three on extra points. So couldn't have asked more from him in that game. Well, maybe we should have seen the signs and signed him up. Ooh, but we've got Badgley, <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> no, I think I think that's a great pick. That's a great game from pretty dark period of time under Mike McCoy. Brave pick, Dan, to choose something from that era and a game to find a game we didn't throw away. Um, the Falcons outcharged the Chargers in that one, so fair enough. Um, Costa Rica. Well, you're not anymore, are you? You know, it's it's SoCal. Robin is in with the hot weather, beach to beach. Uh, what's your favourite game in memory, John Ayres? So I was thinking about picking a game. Uh, against the Titans, uh, not the Wembley game, a game I went to back in 2000. Uh, technically, it was 2008, um, but it was for the 2007 season, which was just a great game to be at at the queue. Uh, Chargers came in as a three seed after riding a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a bit of momentum into the playoffs, playing the Titans. Great, great played game. Kind of just beat the Titans. I mean, I don't want to say easily. It was a tough game, but I felt like it, it felt like they were going to win it, you know, basically most of the game. Um, but I'm actually going to pick the very next game, which was in Indianapolis. I did not get to go to the game because I didn't really have the funds at that time to fly to Indy and get tickets, uh, though that would have been a great game to go to. Um, but the reason I choose this game is, one, massive underdogs for Peyton Manning and the Colts. Uh, two, this is the game where Phillip Rivers injures his ACL and still plays through it, does not come out and brings out and, and leads the team to, to victory. It just was an amazing game to see. It was amazing to see Phil's heart and what he would be willing to do to get a win. And, you know, it's a real shame that, uh, you know, the next game in the, in the AFC championship versus the, the Patriots went the way it did. Um, you know, because I felt like that's a team that had some momentum and had some talent and magic. And I thought that was a team that could potentially have gone all the way. I, th I think they could have beat the Giants personally. I, I, I do think they would have beat the Giants um, that year. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was just an amazing game to watch. Uh, you know, ha you know, anytime you play in Indy versus Peyton Manning, it, it's going to be a tough game. Um, but, you know, add on top of that, that injury, it was just, it, it was an incredible experience. I remember I was at a, a local bar with my brother. We were watching the game and it, we were just, it was insane. It was insane to watch that game, insane to watch the win. And, and uh, it, it's a game that I know I will always remember, uh, even though I wasn't actually at the game, but it was awesome. See, that's a pretty good one as well. You know, it's fantastic memories from completely different eras across the Chargers history Sometimes some of the games from when we were San Diego, you know, some games when we were at LA. There's, there's been entertainment. You can't say we haven't enjoyed the times. Um, and, and I'm sorry I banned Wembley because it still is incredible um, and trumps everything we've chosen. No, I'm joking. Can, can I just point out we've had three games so far head coaches, Turner, McCoy, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> that is a little bit br brutal. 
Well, hopefully Staley's victories will be added to this list in subsequent uh, periods. Um, let's go negative. Let's go to the, the low points in our Chargers history. What do we think about the worst games we've seen? Oh, no, I haven't done my best. No, oh. come on, Bez. I was about to come say, on. Bez, what was your favourite? I forgot. But thanks thanks for asking, Dan. He's too busy trying to call us some hot takes. He's going to eat another hat. You know this. <laughs> you, know me, you know me well. Chargers um, are going to play in black next season or something. We've not had that one yet. Come on. Chargers are relocating to London. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to, to, to be the the London iced teas or something like that. I don't know. Uh, the London fog or something like that. Yeah. Um, London right, some white bowls. I, Somebody I think, ban him. <laughs> kick me out. So my, I think my, my greatest game is a pretty good one. So it's um, December the 21st, just before Christmas, 2014. The Chargers are pushing for the playoffs. They have to win out to make it into the, the off-season. And they're in a win-or-you're-out game against the 49ers away from home. The 49ers are trash. They're going for a, a top draft pick and ignoring victories. And they are led by Colin Kaepernick and Frank Gore. And the Chargers end up being horrific. I think Kaepernick has a first half 90-yard run for a touchdown. Um, just absolutely horrific. 28-7 down at the half. We've strung nothing together. Uh, it's embarrassing, quite frankly. And yet we, we pull it back. Um, incredible effort from Philip Rivers, who just puts the team on his back and leads us to 38-35 victory away from home and keeps us alive. And I don't know if any of you remember the, the saying, but there was a, a video of Philip Rivers going, the Chargers are alive! And I, it was just absolutely incredible. I stayed up very late into the he, night. He threw, didn't he throw two or three picks during that game? Oh, yeah. He was really horrific early on. And Mante Tao got sacked. How's about that? <laughs> His girlfriend, what? Um, yeah. But that was such a good one. And, and, and unfortunately, we then lost and didn't make it in the playoffs. But it was such a high point, staying up till 3.30 in the morning to watch the Chargers pull it off and then rub it in some of my 49 friends' noses. Um, so, yeah, that was that's my a most amazing memory of a game. Well, just looking back at the stats there, Eddie Royal and Antonio Gates both had 90-odd yards. Oh, yeah, I remember an Eddie Royal fourth down catch across the middle, scooping it to his chest. Oh, and then yeah. he went and signed with the Bears and did nothing for the rest of his career. What a shame. Well, uh, we did well to contain Kaepernick and Frank Gore. They had over 300 yards between them rushing. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you want to go and look at Colin Kaepernick's scramble, where I knew Eric Weddle was done for as a player because he just gets duped half effort um but Colin, Colin had a great game um, and it was it was a very entertaining fantastic game. yeah yeah he, he he was he was good um he he just kept he kept the 49ers alive there didn't he right till the end he did i i'm going to if i i keep forgetting to go so i'm going to get i'm going to do my worst game first go on then. to 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 gazump you all um so my worst one was my first ever experience as a Chargers fan so I'd just become a Chargers fan 2011 was the first season that I properly watched every game and um, the Chargers had won the division previous seasons and I'm coming in thinking oh I like Philip Rivers I like San Diego this team's gonna go places maybe I'm just just getting properly into the NFL at exactly the right time and then in our first game of the season the Chargers played the Vikings at home First game, play of the game was a 103-yard Percy Harvin return for a touchdown. Uh, Nate Kading injured himself, never to be the same again. 
and we set ourselves up to be horrific and we haven't won the division since so yeah i am a curse to this you, you are you are a curse my friend <laughs> <laughs> oh, Why couldn't you go and support the Chiefs I or may, the Raiders, I, man? I apologise, but obviously our, our, our avid listeners are grateful that I didn't. So uh, for, uh, maybe I take too much credit. So yeah, so that, that's my opening gambit. I'm going to go to Dan King for the next one. What's your worst game? So I, I touched on some of the aspects of it when talking about my best game. This was also the 2016 season. So it was it was also a Mike McCoy game. It was the penultimate game that the San Diego Chargers played. It was Christmas Eve 2016. Oh, dear. And the San Diego Chargers travelled to Cleveland, Ohio uh, to give the Browns their only win of the season. Um, touching on the, the reasons that I enjoyed the Falcons game and did not so much enjoy this one is, um, as, as was mentioned, Kenneth Farrow. He was our top rusher in that game with uh, 28 yards. Um, not necessarily Kenneth Farrow's fault, but, you know, he he wasn't our, our number one running back that year, Melvin Gordon. Um, and then, and then down <laughs> of my apologies. And then, then we get to Josh Lambeau, um, who, after Rivers managed to drive us down the field, um, with like 25 yard conversion on fourth down, another 11 yards on on third and 13, getting us into field goal range. You had in back to back possessions a blocked field goal and a missed field goal, um, which kind of was the final nail for Josh Lambeau, was the final nail for Mike McCoy, um, and yeah, was it, it, it led to a good Christmas. God bless the Chargers for absolutely ruining the festive period. <laughs> At this point, everyone stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's truly miserable, that is. But then the LA Chargers were reborn and things got less Mike McCoy. <laughs> All things have for a happy while. ending. That is absolutely <laughs> horrific option. John, can you top it? John was junior. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I'm going to uh, come a bit closer to the, the current... Uh, date with mine and i'll just say this you'll all know what it is the highlight of this game was kenneth murray getting a sack that was it we lost 45 to zip against new england and the reason why i've brought this up it's not because of the fact that we got shut out and and we just were we're absolutely garbage I, you know, I just spoke about 10 minutes ago about the Ravens and, and how well we did uh, in, in 2018. And then from there on, we just regressed and regressed under Lynn. 2019 was pretty garbage. 2020 was absolutely awful. And I think I think the, uh, the current coaching staff, <clears throat> they need to spend a little bit of time to understand why that happened by speaking to the players that are still there because... That's unforgivable. The, the way that, look, I, I get teams have, have a drop-off. We didn't. We fell off a cliff, and then we fell off a cliff again. But to get blown out 45 to zip, that is absolutely, it's unforgivable, quite frankly. And I think at this point in time, last season, when we were at that point, I think I think everyone just wanted to give up football and say, do you know what, just wake me up when the, when the new season starts. I mean, some of the stats uh, are absolutely horrendous. Keenan Allen, I think he had uh, five receptions for 48 yards. Mike Williams, four receptions for 43 yards. 
you know that, that just that just sums up where we were uh, offensively. I think Justin Herbert um, sacked three times, two picks, two hundred nine yards. It, it was just just generally bad um, from from top to bottom. And and look, Cam Newton wasn't exactly great. So, but uh, I think uh, it's just one of those games where you, you just want to forget about it and. Let's hope that ne- that does not happen in the next two or three seasons, because I think some of those some of those players that were involved in that game, yeah, I think they'll be scarred for life. <laughs> Any time you lose to Cam Newton, <laughs> it's embarrassing enough. But never mind. At least present day Cam Newton. At least Cam Newton day. of five years ago. There's no Isn't shame it? in that. Is is a distant memory. Is a distant memory. Um, I think that's a pretty good shout. Um, I'm going to try and hand this over the baton to the man with the most charges history under his belt. And that's John Ayres to probably depress us the most. Oh, I'm going to take you back to a potential magical season back in 2009. The Chargers offense was firing on all cylinders. The team was looking like one of the best teams in the league. They roll into the playoffs 13-3. and Heavy favorite yep. over the Rex Ryan led and Mark Sanchez. That's right, Mr. Butt Fumble. Oh yeah. Led New yeah. York Jets. And a Ooh. game in San Diego. Chargers were heavy, heavy favorites. I was personally ready for a beatdown of a Jets team that was really not that good. Solid, solid, really good defense. Offense was mediocre at best. It felt like the Chargers were going to be able to roll, and it was an ugly game from the start. I mean, I, it, it was like 7-3 to three at halftime. Uh, the second half kicked off with a lot of hope that maybe that they could turn it around after after maybe some sort of words from Norv Turner, which, I, which we all know there was nothing coming, but, you know, disaster uh i think they start i think they both both teams started the second half with interceptions on the drives i mean it was just an ugly game uh your boy nate kading uh missed three field goals that game three uh but the chargers were lead going into the fourth quarter we're still leading seven to three somehow uh by the way they had scored like 20 plus points in their last like 10 games or something like that so it was like it just it was just impossible to think that this could really happen. The Jets come out and in the fourth corner and they put up fourteen points. Um, the Chargers barely answer back with a touchdown towards the end of the game to pull within three and you know, they, they just couldn't cap it off. It was um, it was a very depressing game. It was just another you know Marty Schottenheimer, who again one of the one of the greatest coaches in, in Chargers history, one of his big issue, issues that everyone kept saying is, oh, he was great during the regular season, but couldn't get them couldn't get them into the playoff success. And for for a guy who not in my opinion I never liked and I never thought was any good, Norv Turner to come in and take a team thirteen and three and all that talent and to lose it and to the Jets at home like that, it was it was very deflating. It was one of the, it, it was the beginning of the end of the Norv Turner era. I think things were basically downhill from there, uh, and it was just again another great season, and that looked like this team could really be, you know, a, a real player in the playoffs, eradicated by just uh, just in 
just tough, tough, bad loss in the playoffs. It's just typical charges are throwing it away. You know, I mean, they didn't do a good job at protecting Ruiz in that game. He got sacked twice. I mean, Mark Sanchez, really. If you were to grade Mark Sanchez right now as a quarterback, where are you ranking him? 28th, 29th? I don't know. He's, he's, not, he's not that good, is he? <laughs> It wasn't just it's, Mark Sanchez as well. I mean, they they had a fifty-plus yard touchdown from Sean Green. I know that yeah. was that. That's the one. The one thing I remember from that is is watching that. That was probably that was either my first full season or my second full season of following the Chargers. And so there was all this optimism. And as you mentioned, John, we went thirteen and three, and I was like, "This is great." That was <laughs> Sean <laughs> I think Sean Merriman had a had a particularly poor game, didn't he? As as most of the the the, the roster did. But look, it, it pains you when you actually look back. You forget about those games, and you think, Do you know what, we could have really got on there if we'd have just got over the line and recovered, got ourselves back together. But no, not happening. It was it was tough. <laughs> Offense was bad. I mean, they had what three turnovers. I know Rivers had two interceptions and a fumble just on himself. I think they had another fumble i think by someone someone i mean it was it was an ugly game and it was just to come out flat at home like that versus a very beatable team in the jets uh just it was it was awful it was just it was not fun at all and yeah um that is that is you i think you've you've taken home the award there. yeah you have i, I think Truly all the listeners, uh, listeners, if we've upset you, we're sorry, <laughs> <laughs> mate. But I've got some good news. You know, we've, we've put that to bed, and Justin Herbert, the LA Chargers. There you go. That's all we need to hear to get us to say those that era's past. The era. I don't of know. Activity and... I'll see it know, when I believe the, it. You, you... Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll see him believe... Oh, here we go. Right, oh, oh, get out, <laughs> Mister Mahomes. <laughs> what is he playing at? He's retracted it now, but uh, you know, I think we've got him rattled. I think we've got him scared. Just, Justin, have you seen Justin? I mean, we've got two weeks till training camp today. Two weeks today till training camp. So get excited. Um, and Mahomes, um, Justin Herbert, has got Mahomes scared because he's looking buff. He's looking big, ready to go. Looks like he's here to stay for a long, successful career. Um, but looking around him at the rest of the team and the roster. Um, Modern day chargers, where which positional group do you specifically think needs to be improved ahead of the season before we get to training camp or during it? Um, do you think there's any particular area of need urgently now to go into this season? Um, and I'm going to go straight to John Ayres. Um, you know, I think I guess for me it's the defensive line. Um, I think when you look at it, it is, okay, you've got Joey Bosa, that's great, but, you know, the rest of it is question marks. You know you know me, I'm a big fan of Linval Joseph, but he's got another year under his belt. You know, he's play, he plays very solid, but, you know, he and, he and he didn't get injured last year, which I'm happy about uh, for, for any extended period of time. So, you know, but if he goes down, we don't really have another nose tackle that can really step and take his place. Um, so there's a bit of a question mark on depth behind him. And then let's go to the other side, opposite Bosa. I mean, who's going to be there? You know, is it is it Nuosu? Is it Tillery? Um, is, is Justin Jones going to step up and, and play somewhere in that in that front? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, to me, it doesn't feel like they've really established who the off, the defensive line starters are. And I think, you know, 
there's going to be, you know, some camp battles, but I don't know if we're going to see anyone emerge. There's not really anybody on that line that really sticks out to me as, as a real difference maker. So I, I do worry about the defensive line um, from a depth standpoint and also from just a starting standpoint, like who, who's going to who's going to be our starting guys and who's going to be behind him. So, um, you know, I, I to me, you know, looking at the roster as a whole, I don't know if there's any position group where you could say, hey, the starters you know, they don't have a, a quality set of starters because I think they've got high quality starters at every position with the exception of, you know, that that end defensive end spot opposite Bosa. So that's why defensive line is kind of like my biggest question mark. Um, you know, who's going to step up? Who's going to do, you know, and if injuries happen, which they do every year, who's next man up there? I, I think you asked a very pertinent question. It's a great shout. Um, and I think... Potentially, I think we've talked about. Was it? I think was it was that said that he thinks the first round pick could be a D lineman next yeah. next year. Um, you know, do you agree with John, or are you going somewhere else? No, John's has basically stole my entire sandwiches. He stole my lines. I actually one hundred percent agree with him because that's where I was going. I mentioned it a few podcasts ago, um, and it, and it is a concern because if should God forbid we lose Bosa through concussion or or whatever look the the man plays at 100% every game and he's bound to get some sort of injury at some point if he goes down that really makes me nervous uh, John's already spoke about the D I think I'm going to have to move uh, and say go to option 2 uh, and that's a kicker we're losing far too many games we're leaving points on the on the on the uh, on the field, we need to stop doing it. And you know, we got undone by the Chiefs at the SoFi last year because their kicker could uh, made a was it fifty three yard or something like that. We need to find that player who can do that. I don't want a player that's consistent at 35, 40 yards. You know, there's going to be times when the offense is struggling; they can't generate. Um, any momentum and, and they're held you, you know it's going to be a four and long uh, uh, it's going to be a 48 yard uh, field attempt field goal attempt that's we need a player to stand in convert those three points and get us over the line we can't keep losing these narrow games because it's going to affect the team mentally in my opinion because the defence the offence are doing could be in a position where they're doing everything they can to win that game and then only for special teams, which has been historically garbage. So I think that's where we need to invest. Well, talking about replacement kickers, we have Mr. King. Your, your time to shine. Will you uh, well, disagree? Well, I was completely taking my sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, knew, I, I knew it. I, I was going to mention that I've, I've made them aware that I'm available um, quite a bit cheaper. Um, and I will gladly take on that responsibility. Um, but instead of talking about special teams, I was going to jump to the secondary, but specifically the safeties. So we've got Derwin, potentially, for the year. We can't be too... Pray, pray for Derwin. Yeah, we can't be Derwin. too certain that he'll be there for every game. Then, then what? We've got Nasir Adderley who didn't really enthuse anyone last year. And then Alohi Gilman. I don't know if we've got anyone else. Um, let's have a look at the roster here. 
Um, Mark Webb, a rookie, um, and Ben DeLuca, a rookie. So I'm not really not really sure what to think about this this group without knowing what the plan is. Are we going to see more sets where we're relying on um, more on the corners like Chris Harris and um, Michael Davis and Brandon Faison maybe? But I'm not, yeah, I'm not enthused by it. Well, Malik Hooker, 25 years of age, is still a free agent. One of the only enticing options. Thinking left of available. Um, free agents, there is still that Melvin Ingram guy. If we're looking for someone on the um, D line, <laughs> I'd take him. I'd take him for uh, for a sandwich, but he's probably still yours. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say no to Malik Hooker, and the secondary definitely needs looking at. You know, I did predict Adley for a breakout. Oops, I ate my hat on that one. Apologies, but um, it, it's a good it's a good take, and I, I agree with all of you. I mean, for me, I've looked at the free agent market. I've looked at who I think could strengthen our team and make an impact. Apart from maybe a gamble on Malik Hooker, David Castro um, could, could come in. He's been released because of his contract. He's having surgery. He might retire. But you know, at the at the early thirties, elite guards, you take a punt. But um, my answer officially is no one. I don't think the Chargers should, should strengthen. I, I think they should go in with the young, vibrant team. Let Staley have a few years to build. Apart from right, me at kicker, obviously, Bez. Apart from you at kicker and maybe having to bring in a first-team quarterback because we haven't got one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You're so predictable, Sophomore slump. <laughs> Just to bring us down a little more. Um, but no, I, I think leave it be. I don't think there's enough talent out there. I don't see a trade happening. I mean, interestingly, Staley's come from the Rams. They were quite aggressive, getting big pieces in trades and taking away first and second round picks to go and get their man. Um, would you say no to, to a Jalen Ramsey from the Rams? It's never going to happen, but you wouldn't say no. But right now, I think you let Staley go into his camp and into the season with his team. Let him forge an identity that's that's better than Anthony Lynn's. Um, yeah. And, and, and see how we do. Oh, just to go Let's back. Get, go on. You know, I... I go, yeah. Go on, John. No, I was just going to say, you know, I think I think there's a plan at safety that none of us see coming. I think that there's something up his sleeve. I think he might move some of these DBs uh, that have traditionally played more corner and maybe move them back um, to play a safety role. I think, I think we're going to see a lot of rotation. Um, you know, I think there's going to be points where we're going to see you know, Derwin James up there, you know, in the slot. Uh, wow, and we're going to see somebody else back there with Adderley, you know, playing safety. I, I just think, I, I think there's a lot of versatility that comes with the Staley offense from what we've seen in the past. And so, you know, I agree. I think safety is, is a big deal. I, you know, I think Nas could take a step forward this year. I think that they can really plan and really use him as a chess piece. I think Staley seemed very excited about, uh, about Adderley. And I think maybe he thinks he knows how to, un- uh, you know, unlock that potential, which, you know, again, I'm all aboard the Staley train. So if he thinks he can unlock pot- that potential, then I'm all aboard. Um, but yeah, I agree. The depth is, is scary because even if, if Adderley works out, you're still only looking at two starting safeties in James and, and, and Adderley. And, you know, neither of them are really, you know, the <laughs> are bastions of great health. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's a scary the depth there that scares me. I think I think that the, the the comment on the rotation is an interesting one, John, because look, realistically, what does Staley have to do this year? 
he's he's got a he's got a pick people's uh, chins up off the floor. Those guys that sort of suffered last year, and you could argue Kenneth Murray's maybe one of them. You know, rookie season had a pretty hard time. He's wearing number nine this year, and we all expect it to come back all guns blazing. Um, if we can get Derwin James playing healthy, that that's and we you know that's technically if if in theory it's, it's two new players if if they're going to come forward. And a step up to Mark. All he's got to do, Staley, is just make us a bit more competitive. Keep people interested. People are buying season tickets so far. If we can get close to a wild card um, slot uh, in December, that is a step forward. I mean, even and uh, you know, um, um, winning more games convincingly than last season, and not actually going down the same route as what we did last season with all these coaching gaffes and, and, and leaving points in the field. I think that's that sounds easier than, than what it is, but I think just progression, that's what we want to see. Keep people interested, rotate it round, keep the off, uh, keep the opposition guessing, and then start looking. Look, the, the scouts are going to be deep into college football, I think, from week one, trying to identify who's going to fill in the pieces, looking at free agency. But right now, I think, was it you, Dan, said that there's, or, or Bez, that there's not enough on the open market to actually bolster our squad, uh, our roster, and make it any better. And, and I do agree with that. So he's got to work with what he's, he's got. But we're already going to see improvements, just for, hopefully, we'll have Derwin change back. That That's one straight away, you know. It's, I think it's interesting this season. Don't don't nobody expects us to win the AFC West. No one expects us to be in the playoffs. But I think we we could be an under the radar. Well, no one expected uh, the Spanish Inquisition, and that happened. No, so. <laughs> but no, it's it, it's an interesting situation Staley finds himself in. Um, I just think a couple of shout outs actually. You've mentioned Derwin James. We've all mentioned Derwin James tonight. Congratulations on becoming a father. Yes, Derwin, brilliant. You know, big. Big shout out to uh, to you and congratulations! Big news, really pleased for you from our podcast to to you. Um, I'm interested to get your takes, um, Dan, first on the Chargers' new hire. So we've just hired Alex Stern. Uh, he's coming as an ana- uh, analyst, um, and he was a collegiate final in the 2020 Big Data Bowl, known for uh, his fantastic analysis uh, and statistics. Um, we did hear that the Staley hire was to bring the charge into the 21st century, to to go away from the lean old school era. Um, you've talked on this before, think it's a positive. What do you think? Yet another face comes into that department. How do you think it's going to be different for us? Do you think it's going to work? Um, yeah, I mean, you say another face coming into that department. We don't really know what's been happening the past few seasons. Um yeah, it's, it's yeah, there, one. There's one. It was a department of one. So now we've got we've yeah. doubled it to a department of two. <laughs> so that's something. Yeah, steady, I, I, steady. It's you've got to look at it as a positive as well. I mean, it's it's as you say, we we needed to elevate the analytical position of the team. There were clearly issues with the coaching last year and the decisions, as was touched on, that could have been improved with analytical, like. I don't want to say analytical analysis. That seems redundant. Um, analytics on what the best decisions would have been made at, would have been to be made at the time, whether whether it was Lynn taking his timeouts at the wrong time or changing his mind on a play with minimal seconds remaining. Um, just having having people reviewing that, analyzing that 
and the historical um, data as well is just it can only be a benefit to the team um especially if as john says there's there's now two people not one it's not like it's going to be a flooded room with dozens of analysts trying to come at come at it from every angle and clashing with um different ideas it should just be you'd hope some people kind of agreeing <laughs> and, well, uh, and providing a clear there's three. Ah. There's three because the third man in the room is everyone's opinion on Twitter. Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure um, they just uh, use that. The, they run a simulation with Madden, and then whatever Madden's suggested play is, that's some that's part of their analytics. Yeah, and, and then uh, listen to Cynthia <laughs> Freud. <laughs> or listen to our every game review that we're going to have this season like we did last and understand where they went wrong. You know, we, we, We're responsible for that... Uh, Amazing increase in formula. Oh, I'm sure we year, can surely. tell them where they've gone wrong. <laughs> we will do. And listeners, that's going to come up all the, through this season. And we're going to want your opinions too. Um, last but not least, the Chargers have announced that they will have two joint practices with the San Francisco 49ers, August 19th and 20th. It brings the Bosa brothers together onto the same field, Joey and Nick. And I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to go John Ayres, Woz, and then Dan. Joey or Nick? Who's the better player in the NFL? It's Joey, 100%. The stats show that. He's just he's a more complete player, in my opinion. I think what he does, not just putting up, you know, gaudy stats, but what he does that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, the fact that he's getting double, triple teams all the time, you know, the pressure he causes, you know, it just... To me, he's it, it's it's not even a question. Joey is the better brother. Joey, wearing a Chargers shirt, even if it was neck and neck, I'm still going Joey. I, but for all the reasons John said, you know, we've got to defend our man number ninety-seven. De- definitely Joey. Uh, even in Nick's one full season, Joey had a better year. It, he didn't get the acknowledgement of that, but he had. They both had. Nick- Nick will improve, man. Nick, Nick, Nick improve, will, no Nick doubt. Will. This was Joey's fourth fourth year and Nick's first year, but um, Nick was getting all these plaudits for being an amazing defensive player, which he is, but there was nothing going towards Joey, who ended with more sacks, more tackles, more influence on a game. I'm going Nick. I'm joking. I'm joking, John. I can't. <laughs> you did not need to say anything, Ben. You are more predictable than the English weather. I'm just winding you up. He's a good player, Nick. I take him. I take him in a heartbeat. Um, and I think we do need, um, you know, like John said, someone across from Joey. But Joey's elite, and I expect him to have an incredible season, um, feeding off the the analysis from our stacked analysis room. Um, I, if I keep saying analysis, the words are going to mean nothing to me. That's all for this week, guys. Um, we've got training camp coming up in two weeks. We've got our super spy in California, John Ayres, who's going to go to Ikea, convince his missus to go shopping for a new wardrobe and sneak out to the fire escape to see uh, just what's happening and relay it to you, the listener. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your hot takes, what you're excited about. I do actually have a couple of questions that I've part for next week because they're relevant to next week. Um, and we are going to be so excited for the upcoming season and we're going to get some momentum and uh, with some big interviews coming up as well. So get excited. Um, where can I find you all on the socials? 
You can find me at Endzone85. Uh, the main Charged Up Bolts magazine is at ChargedUp underscore Bolts. You can find me at Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate. And you can find me at UKLA Chargers. The podcast is at Charged Up Pod, and I am at Bez the Spaniard. If you were following me, you would have seen my misery as the Italians cheated both of my nations out of the Euros. So after I've cursed that team, Sheffield Wednesday, every other team, maybe the Chargers can be the redemption. Who knows? Peace out. <laughs>